go away. Whoa. It's the only thing I can think of. Well, wait, once that hand is gone, how are you going to cut off the other one? Oh, left was a keeper. I mean, I, I guess it wasn't idle enough. You sure? Yeah. I mean, you use it for a lot of things. You know, I, I, I light up, I change the remote, I relieve a little tension. This is the answer. I know it. Those things won't even cut my bagel. to episode four, Drawn of the Dead. <laughs> well, hi, King. It's me, your ghost, I mean, host, Lynn Workman. I thought I'd record a quick episode here on November 2nd, which... Most people know as the Day of the Dead. Or actually, I guess November 1st and 2nd is technically considered the Day of the Dead. Uh, November 1st being All Saints Day, and November 2nd being All Souls Day. But it's also Cookie Monster's birthday, and my birthday as well. My wife Nikki got me this really cool sound dampening backdrop for my podcast recording, and I thought I'd give it a try out tonight. Over the weekend, another Halloween has come and gone, and leave it to 2020 to have a Halloween on a Saturday with a full moon that we really can't do anything to celebrate. We had a few kids, you know, on either end of our street doing some trick-or-treating, but nobody ever came by our house, and I was standing outside with a bowl of candy and my big rubber gloves from my Ghostbusters outfit to make sure everything was safe and, you know, handed out for the kids while I was out there taking pictures of the moon. Uh, which was really amazing. And apparently we don't get a full moon on a Halloween hardly ever. So this one was pretty special. Even though not much was happening around my neighborhood, I did get to go spend the afternoon for a little bit uh, with my fellow Memphis Ghostbusters at the Pink Palace Museum. The theater was having a limited seating showing of the 1984 Ghostbusters movie, and we were there to help celebrate it. Had a great time talking with Tony Hardy, who runs the theater at the Pink Palace. Normally he has a lot of cool displays out in the lobby area from his own personal collection, but with COVID and all this year, they didn't have any displays out, uh, other than the giant Slimer, uh, which was up on a big pedestal. And Kevin brought a big Stay Puft Marshmallow Man for photo ops. They didn't sell out the seating, but there was a decent crowd that showed up uh, for Halloween afternoon. I didn't stay for the movie because I have seen it on their giant screen before and I knew how it ended. So I said my goodbyes and once the movie started I headed on back home to be with Nikki and she was home working on a class project. She's going back to college to get her master's degree so I'm super proud of her. I figured out ah, if we do have any trick-or-treaters I'll be there to help out and like I said nothing really. It's We don't normally get a lot of trick-or-treaters around our neighborhood anyway but was really surprised we didn't get not one so we've got a lot of candy left over we ended up watching the latest episode of the mandalorian and baby yoda 
aka the child, was awesome as always. And it was really cool to see... Uh, I won't spoil it for you, haven't seen it yet. October as a whole was kind of a disappointment for me, really. You know, I don't want to talk about anything negative on my podcast. I'll try and keep everything kind of up and, you know, positive. But I gotta say, this October was kind of a downer for me. Normally, I've got either an art show going on or I'm working at the haunted house. But this year, I had neither one. Uh, Nikki and I didn't even go out of town this year. Uh, We've, on past Octobers, we've gone to Orlando to Universal Studios or like last year, we went to New York City to see Beetlejuice on Broadway for our anniversary and my birthday. Also got to see a lot of Ghostbusters filming locations and we just had a great time. I, I really missed New York. I had a, had a blast. I can't believe it's taken me you know, over 50 years to get there. Hopefully we'll get back soon. Well, maybe not too soon, but you know what I mean. Again, it just felt really weird not having a whole lot planned for an October. It's usually we've got too much planned. Hopefully next year will be spooktacular. The other night, Nikki and I got to talking about podcasting, and I told her it's kind of hard to believe it's been two years since I was part of the Rogues Radio podcast. She was like, two years? Really? Yeah, it's been two years. It was October of 2018 when I interviewed you at the Memphis Comic Expo. Also known as Donnie Khan. Hashtag Donnie Khan rocks. That weekend, my co-host Dave Beatty was unable to do our usual Sunday Skype calls to record our episode, but luckily I'd just gotten in some new clip-on microphones, and I was able to plug those into my phone and take a few minutes to walk around the show and interview some of my friends, like Mike Norton, Greg Cravens, and our booth neighbors Anton, Janet, and Anakin Wade. I even talked to Jerry Lawler. You can find that episode in its entirety on DaveBeatty.com. Dave has since changed the name of the show and its format from the Rogues Radio Podcast to Retro Rogues Live. He now does live video podcasting as well as some audio podcasting, and it's mostly a review show now, but all of the 13 Rogues Radio Podcast episodes that I was a part of are on his site still. There may be a weird edit in here, and you might hear us kind of repeat ourselves a bit. That's because we had to stop the interview and start all over again because there was a really loud PA announcement that went on right in the middle of the interview. Nikki and I talked about how she got hooked on comics. My wife is a comics fangirl and can school me pretty much any day of the week on comics trivia, as well as sports trivia or history trivia or, well, just about any trivia, actually. She's actually kind of a Jeopardy nerd, too. Here's my interview with my wife, Nikki. Oh, and Nikki, thanks again for the awesome sound-dampening trifold wall you got me. Hopefully it makes me sound better. Sometimes I don't think I could sound any worse. Although my sinuses might disagree with me. Thank you. I would say it's nice to be here, but I'm kind of stuck here. 
she she is free to leave at any time, except I do have the keys. I so. say we're in your car today, so yeah. I, uh, that's not exactly true. No, but I, I wanted to, because we're sitting here together, and, and I wanted to uh, go ahead and get you on the podcast while I could and talk about... Um, you realize I sit in the living room while you and Dave record every weekend, right? Yeah, but you're usually playing video games. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt your video game playing. You're killing people. Well, there's, you there's enjoy, that. You do enjoy killing people after a long week <laughs> at work. Virtual people. Virtual people. Virtual people. Yes, virtual people. But uh, you've been a comics fan for, for many, many, many years. And one of the folks that uh, you first read is actually here today, Larry Hama. So yes. explain to the folks what was your introduction to comics. Uh, the very first comic I ever bought was a G.I. Joe comic by Larry Hama at the corner grocery store. And there was a spinner rack at the grocery store. I say grocery store is more like a, a convenience store more than anything. But they had a spinner rack that had Richie Rich and Casper and Archie and G.I. Joe. There wasn't any Marvel or DC or anything like that on the spinner rack and that was when you could actually go in and buy a comic or two and some candy and a coke and still have some change left out of a dollar right. so i'm kind of aging myself here that was actually my very first experience with comics um i did not get back into comics until much later in my life i was in my mid-30s early mid-30s when I got back into comics thanks to uh, Mr. John Ostrander aka Uncle John and uh, our buddy John Jackson Miller with the Star Wars comics. Right. So, again, you're a huge Barbara fan. I am. Barbara Gordon fan. And you found out that uh, something had happened to Barbara (laughs) and you thought, well, it's comics so obviously she gets better. And apparently... Back then, she hadn't. Yeah, so on our second date, I made the mistake of asking you for to borrow your favorite Batman trade or comic. Because my exposure to Batman by that point was strictly relegated to the Adam West TV show and the Michael Keaton Batman movie. Actually, on our second date, we went to go see... Uh, the, Dark Knight the Dark Knight. Yeah. It was actually Dark Knight. Yeah. So it was strictly from that standpoint that I, I knew nothing about the Batman comics at that point. So unfortunately, you brought over a copy of The Killing Joke yes. as your favorite Batman book. Yeah, you didn't tell me you were a Barbara fan. Well, you didn't tell I me didn't what have. happened to Barbara <laughs> in that book either. <laughs> right. And you were crushed when I hated that damn book. <laughs> But yes, I I knew enough about comics to know that nobody ever really stays dead. They usually get better. And that normally things happen, but then they're undone. So the next creative team that comes on board, yeah. So after some very angry Google searching after I finished that book, um, I found out that Barbara did not get better. and that's how I stumbled across um, Kim Yale and John Ostrander taking Barbara and ta- uh, giving her the Oracle persona in Suicide Squad. And I had already been reading John and uh, Jander Simma's Star Wars 
comics run, so I was already familiar with John, and I knew I liked his stuff. So I tracked down the back issues of Suicide Squad, where he introduced he and Kim introduced Oracle, and then through some other research, I stumbled across the fact that Barbara was now the lead of a group called the Birds of Prey, and that led me to discover the Chuck Dixon and ultimately Gail Simone's Birds of Prey run, and it was kind of game over at that point. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was hooked. Your your comic collection, you know, started its its beginnings of trying to outclips mine. Yes, yes, and it's all thanks to uh, John and and his late wife Kim and uh, Gail. Yeah. So they're, it's all their fault. All their fault. All their fault. That's right, as we say at the Preds game. <laughs> well, seeing a convention like this, what are you seeing in in fandom now? It. It's very, sometimes it's very odd because sometimes what I actually see when we're at shows like this is completely disconnected from what I see transpire on social media. Uh, Social media is a blessing and a curse, and it can be such a cesspool that sometimes the bad is projected louder than the good. But when I'm at shows like this and you see all these kids and young girls and young families. and families and young women not just cosplaying but set up in artist alley as creators and shopping and, and shopping yeah. and, and writers and the folks that I interact with online as part of you know my different fandoms they're all it maybe I'm an outlier here but it's all predominantly female Um, Maybe that's just because that's the groups I'm attracted to uh, or the properties that I'm attracted to that have large female audiences. But, you know, when I do get a little distressed about some of the crap that I see going on 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 Twitter. You could say crap on on our show. (laughs) I I caught myself. (laughs) That was not my first choice word. Uh, You know me well. <laughs> I've driven with you in Memphis traffic, yes. That's you make right. up curse words at times. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, it, it does remind me of the, the reasons why I fell in love with some of this stuff in the first place. Right. Well, let's talk about some of your, your fandoms. Uh, which which ones are, are you really you know, avid about you know, now? Oh, Lord. Um, so I know you're, you're a gamer. So let's I am start a gamer. With the gamers. You know, so... You know, I've been a gamer since I was like eight years old. I mean, again, aging myself. I actually used to play in these things called arcades where you put quarters in and you stood there and you played for hours at a time. My very first gaming console at home was an Atari 2600 that I got for Christmas and the corresponding 13-inch black and white TV to go in my room. Uh, so these days, um, I really love RPGs. So some of my favorite video games are things like Fallout, um, Mass Effect, Dragon Age, Assassin's Creed. Um, I love those types of, of games. The ones that you watch me play and go, all you're doing is running around and collecting stuff. Yeah, yeah pretty much, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Every now and again, I kill people. Um, what? You're playing a video game where you're building shacks. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, there's a zombie. You just killed it. Okay, that yeah. I get. I get yeah. that. Okay. Well, they were interfering with my construction <laughs> site. <laughs> you're like a teamster. That's right. You got to go. <laughs> you got to go. 
Um, so those are the video games I'm, I'm playing the most right now. Um, I do get into some of the fighting games. I did play Injustice 2 a little. Um, I'm not a big fan of the storyline, but I do like the, the fight mechanics of the game. So I kind of disregard the story and just focus on, you know, beating, people up. beating the snot out of somebody as Wonder Woman. Right. And just ignore the fact that Wonder Woman is evil in the game. Right. Um, as far as other media, uh, I'm a huge Supergirl fan. I love the TV show. Right. Um, <laughs> Before we came to the show this morning, our, uh, our DVR... We were having problems with the uh, the internet connection, and, and I was afraid Nikki was going to like just be like, okay, you know, you can go to the show, I'm staying here in case I can't record Supergirl and Doctor Who. Well, and I really don't appreciate the fact that now they have Supergirl and Doctor Who on against each other, so that makes my viewing habits a bit more problematic. Uh, I am a huge Doctor Who fan. Um, I have totally fallen in love with uh, Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. She's awesome. So um, I'm totally down with the 13th Doctor so far. Wonder Woman is and always will be my, my first love. Again, aging myself. Um, my first exposure to probably superheroes at all was the Linda Carter TV show back in the 70s. You, you have the, picture, the photographic evidence of me. It's on the interwebs. Yes. Uh, in my Wonder Woman costume that my mom made for me one Halloween and I just refused to come out of it. Uh, She would literally have to wait for me to go to sleep and take it off of me to wash it for the next day because I just wasn't going to take it off. Because also at that time too, I was four or five years old and my hair was down to my butt. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I could stand. Could do the spins, I yeah. could really do the spins then and whip that hair around. Yeah. So, That's great. and I had the red, instead of, I didn't have really red boots, but I had red rain boots. Right. So I'd put the, my red rain boots on on top of my sneakers. Yeah, you could fight crime in all weather. I was. I was yeah. prepared. Yeah. But these days, you're, you're also into one on the earth. I am. I have fallen in love with, with that show. Uh, also, thanks to Gail. Because I saw Gail uh, tweeting about it, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, I, and then when I heard the concept, you know, a female ancestor or you know, descendant of of Wyatt Earp killing revenants, I was like, okay, I'll give this a try. And about two episodes in, it had me hooked because I love the fact that a it's a female-led show, it's totally inclusive. It doesn't hurt that it has, you know, a hot guy playing Doc Holliday. I like my my eye candy as well as anybody. Yes. One of your, your latest fandoms. Yes. You know, I'm a huge Tombstone fan. And so when you started watching Wild on the Earth, I was going, eh, okay, whatever. And I went in my room and 
and Drew and that sort of thing. But you got me hooked on Waverly. I'm a, I'm now a fan of Waverly. And, you know, I it was the, the cheerleader outfit, wasn't it? Well, actually, that was I was a fan before that, but the cheerleader outfit clinched it. Okay. That, was, that was cinched it. Yeah, I was a fan ever since. And now, now the Waverly hot, you know, fan. Way hot. Way hot. There you go. So, but back to that. What was what was it that, that really hooked you on on the show? Well, number one, just the concept of a female descendant of Wyatt or fighting demons, basically, revenants, whatever you want to call them, but basically demons. Right. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of an unusual high concept. You know, I'll give it a try. And then once I started watching the show, the the fact that tongue is firmly planted in cheek at, at some of the antics that they have going on, right. and then the fact that they're not afraid to in, uh, inject humor into it and some of it's from you know one-liners that are you know cranked out by Winona or, or you know Nicole or somebody like that but just some of, some of the situations that they find themselves in and then it also doesn't hurt that the cast is just incredible on Twitter they're all great Twitter follows um, as well as Emily the showrunner so you know and they're super interactive with the fandom so it's just been a, a lot of fun to be in that fandom. Well, and they've got their own convention now. Yeah, they do. The Erpers? What is it? The, well, the fandom is Erpers, right. and there's been a couple of different cons. Um, there's been an Erp con, and there's a, another one, and I forget the name of it. It just, it just happened. It just recently, happened. Yeah. I mean, they had one over in the U.K. Wow. Uh, you know, not bad for a little show that's filmed in Alberta. You know. And you've been supporting their Kickstarters, correct? Yes. Yeah, so the very first uh, crowdfunding campaign that they did was Indiegogo to get the Blu-ray for season one. That was about a year ago, and that was super successful. So this year they're doing a Kickstarter for an original graphic novel by Bo Smith, who is the creator of Winona Earp, the comic, as well as Tim Rosen, who plays Doc on the show. A uh, couple of the folks from the show have actually co-written comics with Bo since they've started filming the show. So as part of the Kickstarter rewards for the graphic novel, they're also going to throw in season two of the show on Blu-ray. That's cool. So. Speaking of comics and, and, and fandoms and stuff like that, what, who are some of you, you know, if you want to list a couple of your, you know, we've, we've, talked, we've mentioned Gail and Hutt and uh, Jan Persema, but who are some of your other uh, you know, artists and writers that you would recommend, you know, somebody that's wanting to get into comics, you know, check out that you, you feel would be a good start? Oh, wow. Uh, well, it kind of depends on what your interests are. Okay. Um, you know, I always recommend Chuck Chuck Dixon's Birds of Prey run. That's a little bit more problematic these days considering um, how he is interacting on social media these days. But I can't deny the man is a phenomenal writer and his Birds of Prey run set the stage for everything you know that we know of Birds of Prey going forward. Gail's run on Birds of Prey is classic. Uh, I would if you're more into the, the villains and a sick sense of humor, then her run on Secret Six is highly recommended as well. Um, these days, I really like Ms. Marvel. Yeah. 
over at Marvel. So G. That's Willow Wilson, Khan. that's the Kamala Khan version, uh, written by G. Willow Wilson. I would recommend that book, especially if uh, you are looking for books for younger girls to possibly get into comics. I think that would be a fantastic starting point. The other one that I really love as far as a writer is Kelly Sue DeConnick. I fell in love with her when she started writing Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers. And a lot of her run on Carol is seems to be the impetus behind the Captain Marvel movie. So I'm really excited about that. If you're more into feminist theory, then I would definitely check out her creator-owned series, Bitch Planet. But I will say it is very political and very feminist. So very adult. Very adult. It is, I would, that is not a book for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it, Not something to take the show and tell. No, 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 no. Because it, it's a riff on the prison exploitation movies of the 70s. Okay. So, again, fantastic book, but it is definitely for a mature audience. Okay. And speaking of the Captain Marvel, because that's another uh, fandom of yours, is Captain Marvel yes. and Black Widow. Yes. So we've got a Captain Marvel movie coming out very, very soon. Yes, I'm super excited about that because Brie Larson looks great so far. <laughs> she got guns, as you say. Right? Yeah. Girlfriend worked out because the, the pictures and videos I've seen her posting on Instagram, girlfriend worked out. Well, thanks for, for joining me here again. <laughs> <laughs> as, as working the booth with me, uh, Nikki lets me go play fanboy every now and then and, and watches the booth while I have to go to the bathroom. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. And it's, it's also uh, a lot of fun to hang out with, and I'm, I'm glad I married a geek girl. Well, you kind of have to say that since you married me. I don't have to say it, but it gets me extra hubby points, and that's always a good thing, like buying you statues or comics or something like that here. Doesn't hurt. It, no. It's always good to have those in the bank. Because when we first started dating and, we, and you'd go to a convention with me, I'd turn around and look, and I'd see you across the con, like, doing, you know, the long box dives. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do those as much as I used to, so I don't have as much room for back issues as I used to. And you found most of the ones you were looking for. And, oh, yeah, that's also true. A lot of the, the back issues I was looking for, I have found, or they have finally gotten around to reprinting in trade form, because at the time, a lot of, the, especially like the Birds of Prey, the Chuck Dixon stuff, the, the trades have been out of print for years. So they've started reprinting some of that stuff, and they started putting some of that stuff up on Comixology and as digital comics. So it's a little bit easier to find some of the older stuff these days. Okay. Well, you know, since you're, you're really easy for me to get a hold of, hopefully we'll have you on a future episode again soon. Yes, you know where to find me. You know where I live. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Thanks. This has been episode four of Drawing Funny, Drawn of the Dead. Tomorrow we'll be recording another MSCA Zoom call, so I'll take that and turn it into another episode. I'm also working on putting together some roundtable discussions entitled Nights at the Drawing Table. I'll be recording my first one next week. I'll be having two to three other MSCA members or other guests on the episodes with me to discuss different topics such as exposure for artists, portfolio reviews, getting new readers interested in comics, and more. Recently I dropped off some MSCA, Drawing Funny, and Memphis Ghostbusters freebie promo items to the seller out in Bartlett and Comics and Collectibles in Memphis. 
If you'd like some, stop on by and be sure to check out the MSCA zine while you're there, or some of my sketch covers and sketch cards at the cellar. The sale of those sketch cards and sketch covers goes to support mine and Nikki's comic habits. <laughs> Funny is an MSA podcast. You can find out more about the Mid-South Cartoonists Association at midsouthcartoonists.org and on the MSCA Facebook page. Be sure to like that page and follow our group on Twitter at MSCA underscore Memphis and on Instagram at Mid-South Cartoonists. You can keep up with this show at any of those or on the show site drawingfunny.com as well as on Twitter at drawingfunny1 Drawing Funny with the number one, or Instagram at Drawing Funny Pod. Links and other info can be found in the show notes of each episode at drawingfunny.com. Shameless plug for me, I have my Lynn Workman, that's L I N Workman.com art site, and my geek travel blog and webcomic, HaveGeekWillTravel.com. My social media info and bio are on all those sites, along with several examples of my artwork. Thanks for listening. I hope to talk tunes with you all again real soon. Until then, stay tuned and keep drawing funny. <laughs> <laughs>